Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. It's the 21st day of December. Welcome. It's so good to be here with you. As we are here and uh, we're accomplishing several goals as we're here, we are we're finishing this week together. We're trying to get through Christmas together. <laughs> We're trying to finish a year together, and we are also finishing the greatest book of the greatest story ever told together, individually, collectively, and in community. I know so many get behind at this time of year and just fight to stay in it. So if, if you're here and you're completely in real time, uh, well done. I know how hard it is. I I know the fight to stay in it, to stay current, uh, to, well, let's just be honest. Sometimes it's just a fight to stay present with all of the distractions around our thoughts, run of our multitasking just amps up, which can create anxiety and then we just start making silly sloppy mistakes so we're just gonna take a breath even right here inhale deep long and hold it and just i mean let it go (laughs) let it go sing the song if you want to at the top of your lungs (laughs) if you need to (laughs) whatever you gotta do just to come back to center Find your focal point and stay present. Sometimes I bite the inside of my cheek. Just helps me with a little pain, a little discomfort, makes me remember stay present. We're here to read the Bible today. We're reading the book of Hebrews and we are jumping all in chapters one through six today. And this week we're reading the common English Bible, Hebrews. Chapter 1 The Son is God's ultimate messenger. In the past, God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in many times, in many ways. In these final days, though, He spoke to us through a Son. God made His Son the heir of everything and created the world through Him. The Son is the light of God's glory and the imprint of God's being. He maintains everything with His powerful message. After he carried out the cleansing of people from their sins, he sat down at the right side of the highest majesty. And the son became so much greater than the other messengers, such as angels, that he received a more important title than theirs. After all, when did God ever say to any of the angels, you are my son, today I have become your father, or even I will be his father and he will be my son. But then when he brought his firstborn into the world, he said, all of God's angels must worship him. He talks about the angels. He's the one who uses the spirits for his messengers and who uses flames of fire as ministers. But he says to his son, God, your throne is forever and your kingdom's scepter is a rod of justice. You loved righteousness and hated lawless behavior. That is why God, your God, has anointed you more than your companions with the oil of joy. And he says, You, Lord, laid the earth's foundations in the beginning, 
and the heavens are made by your hands. They will pass away, but you remain. They will all wear out like old clothes. You will fold them up like a coat. They will be changed like a person changes clothes, but you stay the same, and the years of your life won't come to an end. When has he ever said to any of the angels, Sit at my right side until I put your enemies under your feet like a footstool? Aren't all the angels ministering spirits who are sent to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? This is why it's necessary for us to pay more attention to what we have heard or else we may drift away from it. If the message that was spoken by angels was reliable and every offense and act of disobedience received an appropriate consequence, how will we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? It was first announced through the Lord and then it was confirmed by those who heard him. God also vouched for their message with signs, amazing things, various miracles and gifts from the Holy Spirit which were handed out the way he wanted. God didn't put the world that is coming, the world we are talking about, under the angel's control. Instead, someone declared somewhere, what is humanity that you think about them? Or what are the human beings that you care about them? For a while you made them lower than angels. You crowned the human beings with glory and honor. You put everything under their control. When he puts everything under their control, he doesn't leave anything out of control. But right now, we don't see everything under their control yet. However, we do see the one who was made lower in order than the angels for a little while. It's Jesus. He's the one who is now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. He suffered death so that he could taste death for everyone through God's grace. It was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. This is because the one who makes people holy and the people who are being made holy all come from one source. That is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters when he says, I will publicly announce your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the middle of the assembly. He also says, I will rely on him. And also, here I am with the children whom God has given to me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he also shared the same things in the same way. He did this to destroy the one who holds the power over death, the devil, by dying. He set free those who were held in slavery their entire lives by their fear of death. Of course, he isn't trying to help angels, but rather he's helping Abraham's descendants. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every way. This was so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in things relating to God in order to wipe away the sins of the people. He's able to help those who are being tempted since he himself experienced suffering when he was tempted. Therefore, brothers and sisters who are partners in the heavenly calling, think about Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him just like Moses was faithful in God's house. 
but he deserves greater glory than Moses in the same way that the builder of the house deserves more honor than the house itself. Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant in order to affirm the things that would be spoken later. But Jesus was faithful over God's house as a son. We are his house if we hold on to the confidence and the pride that our hope gives us. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, don't have stubborn hearts as they did in the rebellion on the day when they tested me in the desert. That is where your ancestors challenged and tested me, though they had seen my work for 40 years. So I was angry with them. I said, their hearts always go off course and they don't know my ways. Because of my anger, I swore they will never enter my rest. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that none of you have an evil, unfaithful heart that abandons the living God. Instead, encourage each other every day as long as it's called today so that none of you become insensitive to God because of sin's deception. We are partners with Christ, but only if we hold on to the confidence we had in the beginning until the end, when it says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't have stubborn hearts as they did in the rebellion. Who was it who rebelled when they heard his voice? Wasn't it all of those who were brought out of Egypt by Moses? And with whom was God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it with the ones who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And against whom did he swear that they would never enter his rest, if not against the ones who were disobedient? We see that they couldn't enter because of their lack of faith. Therefore, since the promise that we can enter into rest is still open, let's be careful so that none of you will appear to miss it. We also had the good news preached to us just as the Israelites did. However, the message they heard didn't help them because they weren't united in faith with the ones who listened to it. We who have faith are entering the rest, as God said, and because of my anger, I swore they will never enter into my rest. And yet God's works were completed at the foundation of the world. Then somewhere he said this about the seventh day of creation. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. But again, in the passage above, God said, they will never enter my rest. Therefore, it's left open for some to enter it. And the ones who had the good news preached to them before didn't enter because of disobedience. Just as it says in the passage above, God designated a certain day as today, when he says through David much later, Today, if you hear his voice, don't have stubborn hearts. If Joshua gave the Israelites rest, God wouldn't have spoken about another day later on. So you see that a Sabbath rest is left open for God's people. The one who entered God's rest also rested from his works, just as God rested from his own. Therefore, let's make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience, because God's word is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to the point 
that it separates the soul from the spirit and the joints from the marrow. It's able to judge the heart's thoughts and intentions. No creature is hidden from it, but rather everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of the one to whom we have to give an answer. Also, let's hold on to the confession since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, who is Jesus, God's son, because we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses, but instead one who was tempted in every way that we are, except without sin. Finally, let's draw near to the throne of favor with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace when we need help. Every high priest is taken from the people and put in charge of things that relate to God for their sake in order to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest is able to deal gently with the ignorant and those who are misled since he himself is prone to weakness. Because of his weakness, he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the people. No one takes this honor for themselves but takes it only when they are called by God, just like Aaron. In the same way, Christ also didn't promote himself to become high priest. Instead, it was the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. During his days on earth, Christ offered prayers and requests with loud cries and tears as his sacrifices to the one who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his godly devotion. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. After he had been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for everyone who obeys him. He was appointed by God to be a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. We have a lot to say about this topic and it's difficult to explain because you have been lazy and you haven't been listening. Although you should have been teachers by now, you need someone to teach you an introduction to the basics about God's message. You have come to the place where you need milk instead of solid food. Everyone who lives on milk is not used to the word of righteousness because they are babies. But solid food is for the mature, whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between good and evil. So let's press on to maturity by moving on from the basics about Christ's word. Let's not lay a foundation of turning away from dead works of faith in God, of teaching about ritual ways to wash with water, laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment all over again. We're going to press on if God allows it, because it's impossible to restore people to changed hearts and lives who turn away once they have seen the light tasted the heavenly gift, become partners with the Holy Spirit, and tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age. They are crucifying God's Son all over again and exposing Him to public shame. The ground receives a blessing from God when it drinks up the rain that regularly comes and falls on it and yields a useful crop for those people for whom it is being farmed. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it's useless and close to being cursed. It ends up being burned. 
But we are convinced of better things in your case, brothers and sisters. Even though we are talking this way, things that go together with salvation, God isn't unjust so that he forgets your efforts and the love you have shown for his name's sake when you served and continue to serve God's holy people. But we desperately want each of you to show the same effort to make your hope sure until the end. This is so you won't be lazy, but follow the example of the ones who inherit the promises through faith and patience. When God gave Abraham his promise, he swore by himself since he couldn't swear by anyone greater. He said, I will certainly bless you and multiply your descendants. So Abraham obtained the promise by showing patience. People pledge by something greater than themselves. A solemn pledge guarantees what they say and shuts down any argument. When God wanted to further demonstrate to the heirs of the promise that his purpose doesn't change, he guaranteed it with a solemn pledge. So these are two things that don't change because it's impossible for God to lie. He did this so that we who have taken refuge in him can be encouraged to grasp the hope that is lying in front of us. This hope, which is a safe and secure anchor for our whole being, enters the sanctuary behind the curtain. That's where Jesus went in advance and entered for us since he became a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so brand new book of the Bible again today. Uh, we hit a good bit of Hebrews and I just want to orient us uh, in the book using the resource, The God of Your Story. This letter is one of the most compelling exhortations to keep the faith and stay true that we'll find in the New Testament. While that's true, the letter is a bit of an anomaly because we don't fully know its origins. Although the Apostle Paul had been credited with the authorship of Hebrews at different points in time, most scholars would agree that this is unlikely. Paul was very clear that he was called to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, and this book is Hebrew through and through. Whoever did write Hebrews was a master communicator and was clearly well-educated. The author possessed a skilled understanding of the scriptures and of Judaism. Two candidates who fit this criteria would be Barnabas and Apollos, but no one is certain. What is certain is whoever penned Hebrews had the authority to write such a work and that the work was regarded with utmost respect. Paul's protege and son in the faith, Timothy, is mentioned in the letter, so Hebrews is probably somewhat contemporary with Paul's writings or perhaps was written a bit later. It's clear from the letter that the persecution of those who believed in Jesus had begun within the Jewish community, although it hadn't reached the level of martyrdom. In most cases, the Jewish believers and those who were sympathetic had begun to suffer ridicule. They were being stereotyped as irrelevant and weird. It's easy enough to see this dynamic in modern culture. Often Christians are portrayed in the media as irrelevant, backward, and a little weird. In the first century, these cultural pressures were causing many Hebrew believers to withdraw into the woodwork and hide their faith. 
Others were turning their backs and walking away altogether, returning to traditional Judaism. The writer of Hebrews observed this and boldly stepped forward to encourage Hebrew believers to stay faithful to Jesus and not return to their former ways. Hebrews encourages us to hold fast to the hope that we have in Christ without wavering at all. This is a very important message for believers today, and it's offered brilliantly through the lens of the Old Testament and Jewish heritage in the remarkable book of Hebrews. And by the way, in case you missed chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, therefore, let's make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience because God's word is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to the point that it separates the soul from the spirit and the joints from the marrow. It is able to judge the heart's thoughts and intentions. No creature is hidden from it, but rather everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of the one to whom we have to give an answer. That's a very mature statement. (laughs) And it's also a very good reminder for us today that if that is what's happening to you, if your heart's thoughts and intentions are being judged through the word, then it's fulfilling its point. We often read the Bible and think about how it's applicable for other people in our lives. And that's not really the point. The main point is to read it and apply it to our own lives, to make the adjustments necessary and needed in our own living. So Father, we thank you for your word today and we thank you how it does judge our heart's thoughts and our heart's intentions and it often offends our mind to reveal the true nature of our hearts. But so often we get mad at the messenger. We get mad at the person delivering it and oftentimes we get mad at you for revealing the truth of our heart when you are all truth and we run away and we hide in our shame and in our condemnation that we have confused for conviction and father i pray that we would run to you where you can complete the change within us that is right and necessary And I pray that we would run to you, knowing that we cannot hide. Nothing can be hidden from you. And I thank you that you fully love us. You fully embrace us. You fully see us. And you fully know us. And you long for us to know you. And I thank you that you make yourself known and knowable. May we take this truth and apply it where necessary. I pray this now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
daily audio Bible that's home base. Check it out. It's a free app. That's the website. Take a look around. If you're new here, welcome. If you are new, we do have some exciting resources that are intended to enhance, cannot talk well today, intended to enhance your journey through the Bible. Uh, So check that out in our store, A Daily Audio Bible. If you would like to partner with us, we thank you so much for your partnership. And we could not do this without you. We're grateful we do not have to. If you are giving by mail, DAB PO Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174, or utilizing that mobile app, just hit the give icon. It's up at the top right hand corner of your mobile device on the app. And lastly, look for the give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in, you can do so several different ways. 800-583-2164. Or you can hit the red circle button. It's up at the top right-hand corner of your mobile device. You have two minutes on the prayer line. Hit submit, turn the wheel over to chronological, and it will get to the right place. Lastly, if you love Christmas music and you're new here, because if you've been around, you probably know all the resources, we have uh, a small collection (laughs) of Christmas music available to you. Our son, Maxwell Hardin's Christmas Time, which has become one of my favorite reflections uh at lone and at night it's it's a bit haunting i think is a word that somebody used that i think uh sums it up beautifully it's beautiful and haunting uh which christmas time can be very lonely for many it can be very sad and somber it can be very joyous and exciting for so many um especially if you have little ones But the reality is, uh, it's a very difficult time for so many. And so you might want to check out Christmas time. It might be something that resonates with you. And then we have the Daily Audio Bible Family Christmas, uh, which we did several years ago. And then I have a couple of Christmas singles out as well. In my former life, I was a touring artist and musician. So check those out if you have not. This is my last chance to say that I think uh, before Christmas time is over with. So there it is. That's it for me today. I'm Jill. We'll turn the page together tomorrow as my final week is coming to a close with all of you. I look forward to turning the page with you tomorrow. Until then, love one another. Happy half birthday to you. Happy half birthday to you. Happy half birthday, dear Yvonne. Happy half birthday to you. Hi guys, this is Simone from Texas, and that is for Yvonne. I know um, on today, your birthday, because this is going to be played late, you are missing your dad calling to wish you a happy half birthday. Just know that I love you, I'm praying for you, and I pray that God will comfort you on your born day. Uh, Stay blessed, stay encouraged, you're loved, and we are praying for you. Take care. Bye. 
Good morning, my dear DC family. This is Ule Buchku calling from the UK. Um, I wish that um, the grace and peace of the Almighty will always be with us, especially this this Christmas season. God bless each and every one of us. I'm calling today to ask prayers for my sister-in-law. I just spoke to my brother and he's mentioned that she will quit her job in February. They have a little girl and apparently the job has been so stressful and um, to the point that it's affecting her health. So stepping away from it is, a, a, I think is a better choice for her health, you know, and um, the health of the family as well. But I ask you, brothers and sisters, to please lift her up in prayer. Because they live in a place where getting a job is difficult, it's hard. Especially if, even for graduates, let alone anyone else. And she is a lawyer. And um, I pray that come February, when she ends that chapter of her life, I pray that the will of God be done. If it's his will that she'll get something immediately, we will praise him. If it's his will that she will wait a while and rest up, and then he'll provide, we praise him. And above all, whatever the will of God is for this new family, I pray that they will have peace with it and wait on the Lord. Peace is all I ask. Because I know that the will of the Father is always the best, even if it takes time. I know how long I had to wait for the job I've got now because I had to stop for my family. But he gave me peace through it all. And I ask peace for my sister-in-law in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Big Shoes Tiny Feet. I want to pray for Chastity from Kansas. Dear Lord, you see Chastity from Kansas and her family. You see they have been struggling with sickness and especially her son. I pray that you will bless them with strength and health and endurance. Pray that you will give her extraordinary efficiency at her work, even though her hours doesn't add up because she has to go home. I pray that you will heal them and strengthen them. Just bless their finances and bless their every situation, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, Dab C community. This greeting is for Ilan in Alberta, Canada. Happy half-birthday to you, happy half-birthday to you, happy half-birthday, dear Elan, in Alberta, Canada. Happy half-birthday to you. God bless you. Somebody had to sing happy half-birthday to you. So it's from your neighbor, God's gal in Minnesota. And I wish you the best on your birthday today, the 18th. And um, I know grief is hard and you're missing your dad and I'm praying for you. So God bless you, Alan. And um, I'll be continuing to pray for you. Signing off from Minnesota, God's gal. Bye.